Welcome to perhaps the most anticipated edition of Waking Red Weekly presented by Talk, at least by me personally. Head on the show this week, Brendan Dunlop will stop by to discuss a number of Canadian soccer topics after his recent stint calling the Campiel Island Games for one soccer. We'll of course chat Toronto's dramatic win over Atlanta United and get an all-important see injury update with Michael Singh. How you doing, Michael, by the way? Hey, Mitch. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be joined by uh, our two lovely guests that we have here. <laughs> Yeah, as Michael said, you may have also noticed an extra face on the screen. Oh, it's gone. But um, at some point here, Jeffrey P. Nesker has brought on the Michael Jordan to his Scotty Pippen as the two have just been dunking on people on Twitter all week um, regarding the decision to not award the 2020 Supporters' Shield uh, to the league's best regular season team. Uh, we will, of course, get your thoughts as well in the comments, uh, and you can interact with us throughout the show wherever you are watching. But... I'll let these guys loose in a minute here. First, I just want to get you guys as riled up as possible by reading the statement made by the Supporters' Shield Foundation. Um, after much consideration and discussion, the Supporters' Shield Foundation has decided to forego awarding the Supporters' Shield for the 2020 season. This is not an easy decision to make. The, the inability for supporters to be in attendance and fill their stadium with passion, however, we feel as though the current climate goes against the spirit of the Shield. The Supporters Shield Foundation stands with our players and our supporters in knowing that this year has been one of many challenges and we commend the supporters support and effort given to making the best of 2020 season as it has been. Uh, basically, they go on to say that they will be touring the Shield in 2021, um, provided they can, and educating supporters uh, but there will be no shield order this year. There has been an update. Uh, we are currently holding meetings with supporters groups with supporter group representatives about the original decision in light of new information and feedback we have received, a public update will be forthcoming. Um, boys, have at it because uh, I know Jeff and Martin certainly, uh, you know, it's been an interesting week for you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been bad cop and Martin's been math cop, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, you know, considering the amount of, uh, of, uh, insults leveled at me by all my new friends about uh, being in an echo chamber. I thought the best way to respond was to actually be in an echo chamber. So <laughs> here we go. Um, yeah, I'll let you start, Martin, because... Sure, uh, sure. yeah, absolutely. Um, when Brendan arrives, it's important to note that he will be the first, per the fifth person in this conversation, which is, and, and none of us have been elected by anyone, that will be exactly the quorum that decided that there wasn't going to be a <laughs> five other people with an oversized sense of importance. And again, I respect history. Thank you so much for creating this award in 1999. I was next to tears in 2017 when we finally won it because it means something to us. It means something to the players. It means something to the league. Thank you to everyone involved with Created in 1999. Thank you for going back and adding the winners of 1996, 97, and 98 to your Shield before the Shield existed because history is important and continuity is important. So I know this year doesn't feel like any other year. But for five people to decide that this year doesn't exist, for five people to decide that million-dollar MLS Cups and all of these professional athletes being away from their families, that the season is legitimate enough to crown a league champion, but not legitimate enough to crown a supporter shield, beggars belief. You would expect that in a big soccer forum, and you would expect be able to log off and walk away from it. You don't expect it at the adults' table 
other massive league like this that has got um, its 25th anniversary and trying to run out that this is just the beginning and the future is yet to come. And and, and you've got a decision like this being made by people like this. And, and again, it, it, it's half-assed. It's not even thought through. It, at one o'clock in the afternoon, they told us in glorious language it wasn't going to exist because they weren't sold tickets so they needed to educate us about the history of it it took them four and a half hours to come out and thread that with the oh also the schedule's imbalanced the schedule which has been out since march 18th is imbalanced the schedule that's been imbalanced 23 <laughs> to 25 years in league history you know who else has an unbalanced schedule every major league baseball season every nfl season every nba season unbalanced does not equal unfair if we play the other 25 teams in the league but double up and triple up on columbus and montreal like we do every year and someone else plays all 25 teams but doubles up against lafc and seattle that isn't unbalanced in the same way there's no such thing as unbalanced in the same way it's strength of schedule okay so michael we're gonna have a little foot race i am going to race mitch and you're losing that race by the way and then I'm going to race Brendan. You are going to race Usain Bolt three times. <laughs> I race three different guys. You only raced one dude. So obviously, Michael, I'm getting I'm getting in trouble for being too loud. Um, obviously, my three races count more than your one race because you only raced one person. The idea of facing different teams and then how, how having some sort of magical value to it is insane. So what Adam insane. is, they use math. And what adults find out are the top three leading teams in the Shield right now <laughs> had the three toughest schedules when you break down their 23 opponents and take away the points that they took part in their matches. Toronto FC, Philadelphia, and Columbus Crew have had the three toughest schedules. That's what import, balance, That's the difference between unbalanced and unfair. And that took 45 minutes for some dude to do instead of the crossword puzzle on a Sunday afternoon. So when five people that didn't even try to figure out whether it was unfair or not decide they're going to yank a trophy, it doesn't cut water for me. I, I mean, I'm going to echo everything you said, and I'm going to say that it is absolutely reprehensible, this decision. Reprehensible. There is, in my opinion, there is no coming back from this. There's zero. There are suggestions for a full revamp, and I think they are wonderful suggestions. That being said, who is going to do it? This organization cannot police themselves. That is not in the table. And no one, especially the league, is going to step in and incur any responsibility to do this. Their day in the sun is over. There is no coming back to this for me whatsoever. I don't care. I don't care anymore because... This is a deal breaker for me. Soccer is a, the great equalizer. You do not need $100 to buy equipment. You can tie plastic bags together wherever you are in the world and play <laughs> the damn sport. All right? The second that gatekeepers come into this thing, that's when I start throwing elbows. All right? I, I, I cannot... I cannot abide the attitude and I refuse to abide the attitude. The, 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 the concept that my support is somehow better than your support is absolute BS. And there is in all of the language, every little bit of vague, you know, word salad that this organization has put out has supported that concept. 
There has been nothing to the contrary. And I do not believe for a second that the blowback that that has forced this this re re reimagining not for one second do i believe that it has anything to do with what the fine upstanding people mostly tfc fans on twitter have been saying it's because the league within 24 hours eliminated every mention of the supporters shield from every article <laughs> all right so you know i do not need a magic crystal ball to divine what's going on here the league called their bluff and now they're scared it's disingenuous it began as disingenuous and it's over it's over all right i love the shield i love the idea of the shield but we can't have nice things we've proven that we can't have nice things and the cost the cost both in manpower and in actual money which these morons have been using as a as a as a you know well we pay for the shield and we pay for the plane tickets give me a give me a break give me honestly give me a break seriously like I graduated high school a long time ago. I do not want to be in the high school cafeteria anymore. And that's what this feels like. And, and you know what? You can have your shield because you don't represent my support. You don't represent the league that I want to play in. And you certainly don't represent the players. All right. You've made that abundantly clear. This is for you to prop up your own, your own uh, street credibility. And I want none of it. Zero. Yeah, the, the fact that they didn't reach out to the players or the players' association beforehand, it's one thing to not reach out to the league, but to not reach out to the players' association, the thing that you've been fostering for 21 years, and I genuinely thank you for creating this, and I genuinely thank you for fostering it, and I genuinely make, thank you for making me value this and making the players value it. But you don't get to yank it away. You know why the NHL exists? Because the Stanley Cup was there first. Do you know why the CFL exists? Because the Grey Cup was there first. Do you know why? The Canadian Champion Soccer Championship plays for the Voyager Cup, which existed before the tournament. All of these things had trophies first. So this is not the first time that a trophy has been introduced by an outsider. But as someone pointed out on Twitter yesterday, this may be time to thank the Supporters Shield Committee for their services. We can still have them <laughs> hand out the shield every year. This can no. still be a symbol of the well. For me, this can still be a symbol of the love that the players want to show to the to the not players. with any not with any of these people behind it. I tell you this, as someone who's been behind the scenes at multiple championships in multiple leagues in 2015, the Hockey Hall of Fame was still in charge of the Stanley Cup, and there's a lot of glorious stories told about the Stanley Cup and, and the beauty of it and, and, and its its history, and and it was controlled by the Hockey Hall of Fame and, and the. The big thing was it can't be in the stadium before puck drop. That's bad luck. So it was always arrived after puck drop, except Chicago had a rainstorm and had a horrible traffic jam. And the cup didn't get there until an hour after the game was over. And all the players and all the TV had to wait around for an hour for the cup to show up after the season was over. Do you know who doesn't control the, the Stanley Cup anymore? The Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> NHL now controls it. The Hockey yeah. Hall of Fame gets to bring it out. The Hockey Hall of Fame gets to wear white gloves. But the NHL, as far as I understand, now controls the day-to-day -day operations. And I think that's what you're going to see for the Shield. Because of all the professional sports leagues I've ever been involved with, the one thing that is universal, commissioners hate to be embarrassed publicly and rarely afford the opportunity to those who embarrass them to do it a second time. This then, is the last time any trophy in the MLS will ever be decided by someone outside of the league offices, I promise you. Testify 
I do not. I, I do not want this association or anybody involved in this decision getting any perks whatsoever. I do not want free plane tickets. I do not want <laughs> them wearing white gloves walking out. This this began because of self-importance. If we reward it in any way, shape, and form, it's a band-aid solution. The opportunity has been presented to rewrite to rewrite the the, the narrative, and it needs to be rewritten. I'm sorry. There's no coming back from this. No mea culpa will do. And my, I want to, I want to make sure I get this point out because I know you're not going to believe me. But I wish TFC were out of the contention because I would be raging just as hard. I know nobody believes me, but I would be raging just as hard. This is absolute garbage. All right, this is garbage, and it it should not wash. Sorry, sorry to interject here. This has been everything I've hoped and dreamed it would be, and and more um, from the two of you, Martin. Uh, we're we're gonna have to let you go here. Uh, Brendan Dunlop's here. Oh no, no, he's got he's got go one. Do we want yep, favor? I, yep. I, I'll leave. I'll hang up and I'll listen to the t- call. But uh, ask uh, mm-hmm. Brendan whether Lewis Hamilton's gonna grab <laughs> two in Portugal this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the time, guys. Love you, Martin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate Thank you, Martin. it, Martin. Cheers. Um, yeah, certainly a lot of good points made. The one thing I will say quickly, if I am the coach of either the Montreal Impact or the Vancouver Whitecaps, I'm putting an entire Twitter feed up right now because the, the amount of disrespect towards them um, the past little bit in terms of the Supporters' Shield conversation has been kind of hilarious. Like, I know Montreal and Vancouver, we clown on Vancouver all the time, aren't, aren't great teams, but, um, you know, these are both teams that are in playoff spots right now. I know it's super expanded right now, but both of these teams um, having not bad seasons. It's not like Toronto FC played a couple of League One Ontario teams for, you know, a couple months, and, and that's how they build up their points. So um, I, th- I think that, for me, has been one of the things that, that stood out this week as, as kind of hilarious. Notice I didn't mention Canadian Premier League teams. I didn't want to take them off. <laughs> went, down, went down a rung to League One Ontario. <laughs> Well, I mean, the narrative is, I, I, I hate wearing a tinfoil hat. I really, really do. But it's its difficult to see this this supporter shield fiasco uh, as not, you know, the timing is just so suspect. It's so suspect. And and you have to think, um, God, I got to co- stop talking about this. I need a vacation. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just it's just the timing is so suspect. You can't not think that those five, the quorum of five, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't like, well, you know, Toronto's running away with it and, uh, you know, might as well just gang up on the Canadians. I hate this tinfoil hat garbage. I hate Hold it. Hold on, Jeff. I, I got you. It. I got you. <laughs> so I think Jeff kind of highlighted it best, but realistically, all this was, was the supporters shield wanted attention. They wanted s- the spotlight on their, on the history of what the shield meant. And it just got s- totally misconstrued and, I, like I don't think their intentions were were bad, but the result obviously is is terrible, and I just think the decision is just so brutal. Um, I think Michael Bradley kind of put this best after the game. You have a lot of people in the league, players, coaches, executives, who are putting in their all to grow the game, grow the league, grow everything to, there is to do with MLS, and they're putting their every day, hours, hours, hours of work into this. And for a supporter shield group, a group of five people to turn around and sign it kind of tarnish that. I think that's where it, it really, really hits the players really hits the league itself. And I think that's just where they got it completely wrong. Mike, a, a tour. Are you kidding? Are you <laughs> kidding? 
They're going to take it on tour, uh, an, an object that, that I can explain in half a sentence. They're going to take it on tour. What is it really? They want everybody to sit around and celebrate them. You know, you're the supporter shield people. Oh, wow. Tell me about your wonderful experiences. It was, and it never will be about them. All right. And that's what it became. So I don't think that the decision was coming from the right place. I think it was coming from a place of, of, of self-righteous horse crap, if we're being honest. I can't believe I haven't sworn yet. Wow. Yeah, the CRTC <laughs> has been watching very carefully, but you've done a good job so far, Jeff. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Brendan, sorry to keep you waiting, uh, as as has All been good, the case on, on Twitter and elsewhere. We've, we've basically been yelling about the Supporters' Shield uh, <laughs> decision not to be awarded since this show started. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the league? Well, it's not the league's de- decision, even the, the decision from the Supporters' Shield Foundation to uh, not award the, the Shield this year. Yeah, I agree that it, it definitely came from a, a self-righteous place of like, well, we, you know, we, that this shield exists because of us and we're, we're as much a part of this and we haven't been able to, to be a part of this season the same way. So we're, we're taking our ball and we're going home. But, but exactly. I don't think that I, at the same time, I also don't think that they saw the, the backlash or the impact that it actually would have had on the players, the reaction from the players in the league, I think probably surprised the, the supporter shield group. Uh, more more so than the, the reaction of the fans, which uh, obviously a typical reaction. But I'm not buying a ticket to go on tour to see that thing. And uh, what, what, you know. what league are they following if they didn't anticipate a backlash? I mean, it's just it boggles <laughs> the mind. Well, we didn't. We you know we're taking the ball away three weeks before the end of the season. We didn't expect people to get upset. Is a sentence that does not have a single shred of logic in it whatsoever. Well, you know, it could be because they didn't think that there was that many passionate, angry Canadians. So like, what? They can't write his letters. <laughs> The yeah, yeah. service is dying. They're not going to yeah, run yeah. letters. We're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which brings us right back to square one, which is, you know, screw Canada, which is also horrifying. But uh, Oh, I got a question next. Uh, oh, wow. This is such a non sequitur. Uh, what was the weirdest part of the Island Games for you? <laughs> what What was the, the weirdest part of the Island Games, did you say? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the strangest part was, that, you know, anytime, and the, I'm not the first person to have called the game from a phone booth um, on a monitor, uh, but the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest part about doing that was uh, doing that uh, 5,000 miles away and still being in the same country, or feeling like 5,000 miles mm-hmm. at least, and uh, not, having, not having any fans. Um, that, was, that was definitely the strangest part. You know, there was, uh, there was some technical challenges with the with the stadium, um, putting the virtual stadium in, uh, which affected the, the broadcast both for the viewer and, and for myself, which I'm looking at the same monitor that, that you guys are looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I thought, you know, I, I thought that the, the, the presentation was, was great. The, the virtual stands, you know, made it, made it feel uh, bigger than the, the, you know, the standless pitch that it was out there in Prince Edward Island. Uh, but not having, the, not having the fans was, it was definitely, uh, definitely uh, strange. Uh, however, I really did enjoy hearing all the banter. And unlike mm-hmm. some of the other leagues, you're you're actually picking up 99% of it uh, in English uh, and all its vulgarity and all its authenticity. So I really did enjoy I really did enjoy that part. And I, I feel like I've made a point at several times, um, warning maybe some of the parents who were surprised to hear some of the words coming through the broadcast, uh, but also to, uh, to to remind us of the well the, the time that we're in and that there was one positive and one 
real difference I felt in this in this period is, is to uh, to be able to hear everything that's being said. And no matter what your relationship is with the game, I think everyone was a little bit surprised, even if it was just in, in one specific player. I didn't think this player was as vocal. And wow, I can hear, <laughs> I, I can hear him the entire match. Um, mm-hmm. Or the or the coaches. You know, I, I I thought Jimmy Brennan would yell more, and oh, there's Jimmy Brennan yelling, or whatever it might be. So I, I think I think there was a, a lot of cool things to take from it. It was it really was a, I thought a great you know five six weeks for the league, uh, and I'm really happy that they were able to to get it in and, and execute the tournament in Prince Edward Island. I have a follow up to that. Uh, was that of your own volition? The constant uh, reminders of of cuss words uh, to the to the parents and younger audiences was was that a mandate? Uh, coming down from the top because it is something I've noticed not just on one soccer but certainly on European coverage and most definitely on TSN coverage there's the warning at the at the top of both halves but then when something really uh, uh, nefarious happens there's also a, a call at the moment you know just sort of sorry if you heard any questionable language I wonder if that's sort of a, a pay-as-you-go kind of thing or if it goes right from the top there was just an expectation that if there was anything you know egregious, uh, if they happened to to you know catch a, a player on an ISO and it was very clear, then uh, acknowledge it. Uh, but, okay. but there was never no, I, I, there was no mandate to uh, you know to, to have a form of warning or to mention every time. It was just something, just something that I felt in the moment. Um, cool. You know, I heard it, and it's it's. I, I think it's for anyone who's working in broadcast, you're you're surprised in a broadcast to hear vulgar language. So it's there's also that reaction, like oh. Oh, and they've caught that. So <laughs> just, you know, worthy of an acknowledgement uh, every few times that it caught me off guard or, or surprised me in the moment, I guess. And surprisingly, it actually did a few times. You, you get into the rhythm, you're calling the game, there's a flow, and then, oh, okay. Oh, he really hated that pass. All right. I'll tell you what surprised me. Every time they put your little score bug, your little Brendan Dunlap thing oh, on, I didn't know if it yeah. was going to be the live action one or, or just the holding photo. <laughs> so sometimes like a phantom Brendan Dunlop started doing like poses in the left-hand corner of my screen inexplicably. And I was like, well, that's neat. But uh, I, I, yeah, anyway. They, they did that uh, the, my first, the day of my first game. And the advice I got, I can't remember if it was from Adam Jenkins or Andy Petrillo, was dress comfortable. Okay, great. And, I, you know, being a studio guy, I'm used to being in a suit for six, seven hours. Dress comfortable. Amazing. I'm just going to dress like everyone is dressed during a pandemic. You know, sweatpants, uh, <laughs> a comfortable shirt. Uh, I wore a hat. I wore a Bayern Munich hat that day, I think. I, f- I forget mm-hmm. uh, where they were in the Champions League. Um, but I thought, hey, a little bit of, you know, Canadian content, <laughs> Canadian Canadian luck for my for my first match. Uh, and I get there and the, the one of the video per- people is like, oh, we want to shoot some some animations. I'm like, okay, great. What do you need me for? They're like, oh no, we want, we want to shoot this graphic for you. I'm like, I look like I'm wearing pajamas. What do you mean? <laughs> Not to mention, I look like a, a caveman. I hadn't yet invested in uh, in a proper you know, beard trimmer. So it's, I, I got a kick out of that though. I'm, I'm glad that it stood out to you too. Like, it stood yeah. out to me like, hey guys, you hadn't changed that. Remember when we reshot that when I wore adult clothing? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Brent, I kind of want to take that opportunity to sort of segue into Toronto FC and sort of the perspective they have in this country. Um, they're a team that's reached the MLS Cup final three times in the past four years. They're ahead of the Supporter Shield race, I think, by six points. Um, I think today they had over a 50% chance, according to 538, about, uh, for winning uh, the MLS League, let's call it, because there's, no uh, there's no more Shield, right? So... Um, <laughs> Are they getting the respect they kind of deserve in this country with, you know, the way that soccer is growing internationally and um, 
because to me, I kind of feel like they're they're a real success story that's kind of getting a little overlooked in, in sort of the whole national landscape of things. Yeah, I agree with you. And sadly, you know, that's the case with any soccer news story, it seems like, and any, any mm-hmm. soccer moment that it, it just it doesn't get um, the market share in, the, in a very crowded sports landscape, especially this year with uh, all leagues competing at the same time there through August and September. Um, I think that it's going to get a bit more attention as it as the year goes on um, because the games will will be of more importance and that's you know, that's the case with with all sports actually you, you look at baseball and the difference in the in the numbers um you know between august and september when the jays start actually chasing a playoff spot and the playoff numbers and they're huge and uh tfc's numbers will reflect that too and then the attention from from uh you know major media and the, the placement in the, in the paper or how how high up on the uh on the, on the scroll um, that'll that'll come along with it as well. But I've always felt like soccer doesn't get the attention it deserves, and it only kind of gets a, a a bigger piece of the pie when the moment is really big. And um, I think TFC have shown a lot of consistency and and where they've grown as an organization, how successful they've become in the league, and they're a great story that deserves you know twenty four seven coverage. I'm obviously super biased because I love football and I will want to see us get to the point like in this country where that is the norm and not not mm-hmm. the uh, exception or dependent on success. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that Toronto FC um, definitely deserved more attention because they've been absolutely dominating the, uh, an American league. With with a quick follow up to that, with the 2026 World Cup on on the horizon, and it's going to be you know here on home soil. Do you think that changes at all the sort of perception of Canadian soccer as a whole? And and maybe the next, maybe not this year, but maybe the next couple of years. You look overseas, you see what Alfonso Davies is doing, you see what Jonathan David's doing, and locally you see what Toronto FC is doing, the Canadian Premier League. Um, and then you think about the the 2026 World Cup. Do you think that we're going to see more coverage of soccer on television? Maybe. I would hope so. I got to be honest. In six years, I don't know what our consumption will be like. You know, will mm-hmm. we will it be on on television in the same way that it is today, uh, or will be we will we be watching on Twitch because there's seven hours of pre and post coverage uh, around mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's crazy. Someone said this to me that the pandemic has taken the the change in media and may, basically turned it into dog years. So whereas mm. it's one year that the trends the trends change, um, it's really that five five years have passed based on uh, you know how how uh, broadcast traditionally had progressed and media had progressed in the past, and it's just it's just you know thrown it into hyperspeed. So um, I would like to think that the I do believe that having World Cup games in this country will really elevate the the status of of the game and, and you know, uh, put it at a place where you know the minimum level of attention will be much higher than it is now it might be at the at the max of where the attention is now but i think that that will be that will be the minimum and it will have a, a monumental effect on on the attitudes i think of canadians as to where soccer fits uh, much the same way usa 94 did in the united states um, and I, I want to think that, and I don't know that you guys, I know that you guys have spoken with some uh, ex-pros and you've heard probably Danny Dicchio and Craig Forrest and some others talk about how the perception of the Canadian game internationally has grown so much in a short period of time because of players like Junior Hoylet, um, to, to, a, to a, a big extent as well, even players like Jonathan de Guzman. Um, uh, who have put a Canadian flag on the map, although he plays for Holland now. Over there, he's definitely... He was definitely a Canadian, you know, for a, for a very very long time. Um, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David. Now there's an expectation, and you look at all the, I think the loan transfers for the Canadian Premier League shows that people are paying attention to Canada. That the world game is is beginning to pay attention to this country. So I hope that 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 kind of jump and that that status uh, 
jump, I guess, uh, is the same on the on the on the attention side in this country as it seems to have been in the soccer community internationally. Yeah, we've got something from uh, Will Dunn, who's uh, who know who mentioned that the CFL seems to be hurting. Uh, I wonder if that will be a good thing for Canadian soccer as far as more TV time slots available. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I I do feel as though they're two very different fan bases, right? I, I do think that it is, you know, it it is. They're not as related as um, as the owners of, of not as related. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah, and and it, it's also I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as related as we would think in a, in a Canadian just just from a Canadian marketplace. Um, um, but I do I do think that um, you know that there being one one less attention grabber, uh, one less toy in the shop window, um, will you know shield more attention for for the others. Uh, and I think that soccer has shown that it, it can it can capture a big portion of that. And I think that in the United States too, soccer has shown. Um, in a lot of communities where it was dominated by college sports, um, more so than professional sports, that that they can really have a, a huge regional grab. Um, so I, I think that that that's growth is possible here in this country too. But I, I just don't know if they're going to be, you know, turning out at Mosaic Stadium, clamoring for a for a Canadian national team match against Belize. You know, <laughs> there's also the CFL uh, Campiel overlap, which I yeah. feel like. You know, so maybe it's not the greatest for Canadian soccer from from that regard, considering all the you know some of the ownership groups and and some of the venues as well that these teams play in uh, might not be the greatest. I, I did want to talk quickly about one soccer because you mentioned the Canadian uh, sports landscape, and this is something new. You know, it's in its infancy, but it is a Canadian channel dedicated only to soccer, and you know I, I, that does seem very exciting because this isn't something that we've really had in the past i know there was goal back in the day but this being canadian only um you know how, how excited are you about this and and where we can go from here with one soccer great question I, honestly I, th I think it's it really is incredible because it's the first time that we've had one network focused solely on on football i know gold tv you know did it as well but they had uh, american obligations and they had other things going on that it was a different time it was very much a different mm -hmm. time and i think one soccer has been able to to uh you know really grab hold of of Canadian soccer and, and push it in a way that it hasn't been able to been pushed before. Um, and with the, you know, the removal of the score, you think back to 10 years ago, James Sharman and Christian Jack and I did the footy show. Um, there was a real void at that time that we were able to fill because the, the, the big networks focused on their properties for the most part. There wasn't much dressing around, around it. Uh, and we had this kind of great space to float and, and be, in a lot of ways, uh, I think in North America, very much ahead of the time, but be kind of how the podcast scene is in, in Britain now is what the, the footy show was able to do and kind of really be the, the only one and mm -hmm. translate that to television as well. And now you have one soccer that's able to do that all the time. Um, and the content that they were pumping out during the during the pandemic uh, before the Island Games, um, I felt like they've, you know, they very much kept hold, kept the attention of people who needed a distraction uh, during that time for sure, but also wanted to... Uh, have Canadian soccer to talk about and Canadian soccer to, to have the spotlight on. So um, having the Island games was, was great. And uh, I look forward to seeing, you know, what the future holds for, for one soccer, because um, they're, they're definitely giving the game in this country, the push that, that we all want. Has anybody yeah. ever called you Mo Salah before? Because you just <laughs> got a, a shout on our private chat. That guy no, with the no beard looks like Salah. That. Yeah. Well, there you go. You learned something <laughs> new today. <laughs> Earlier in the in the pandemic, I was uh, getting John Krasinski a lot. Nice, yeah, I see a that. Yeah. My hair. 
Mm-hmm. My hair was more some good news style before, so I think it was that. But yeah, no, I, I do. I get a lot of uh, hey, how's how's the Copa Italia? I get that quite a few times now. <laughs> the 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 flow is like uh, Mitch and I. Mitch and I have the same hair. I've never really had it like at this level before. So and, uh, wow, it, it, that's Mitch, spectacular. Like, you, know, you got the you wings going on spray? and everything. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Mitch, do you got sea salt spray? Of course I have sea salt spray. Is that okay. even a question? I, I, I didn't actually know what the hell it was. So uh, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do a product placement thing later on in the show. But, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Brendan, <laughs> so much. Or thanks so much for, for joining us this week. I, I almost considered not having you on because uh, you compared uh, Pablo Piatti's goal to Ross Barkley's uh, screamer <laughs> against my Leicester City. And that absolutely <laughs> broke my heart. But uh, I do. <laughs> I do really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> For those who, for those who might not have known before, where my allegiances lie, it's very clear now. And you know, mm-hmm. that was a that was a heck of a day. I'm I'm living a dream right now, man. Top of the Aston league, Villa. Uh, top top of the. Yeah, I think we lost him. That's a great time to cut him off. Yeah, <laughs> great time to cut him off. <laughs> uh, the soccer gods, the 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 streamyard gods, do not like Aston Villa. <laughs> Confirmed. I guess that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Uh, cheers, really guys, appreciate appreciate that. That. cheers, Brandon. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Awesome stuff. Right. I really like yeah. that he talked about uh, the score there back in the day because that was that was literally my childhood. Girl. I couldn't wait for those half an hour segments of you know James Sharman going off and showing us some highlights of soccer because we never used to get that growing up. I I played the game growing up and I love that show. So it's great to hear him like touch on that a little bit. It was it was ahead of its time because if that show's on today, I'm watching that for sure, for sure. Yeah, my first trip to the UK, uh, someone was in the hostel I was staying in, someone had match of the day on, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, that was that was the beginning, you know, early stages of, of my soccer obsession. Um, two yeah, things I, I wanted to mention that I hope we get time for. One is uh, TFC is in the po- number one in the power rankings again. But I've heard that there were so many power outages in 2020 that they might take away the power rankings because it's not in the spirit <laughs> of, of, uh, of, of 2020. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say was um, that was it because the other stuff's going to take too long. So, <laughs> good, good. That, Thank you for recognizing that, Jeff. But um, yeah, let's let's talk about some actual games, guys. I know mm. uh, I know the supporters still a team here. There's still yeah, a team. Def- definitely deserved it. Uh, it's day in the sun, but we, we've got that done now, hopefully. And um, let's move on to Toronto FC's late win against Atlanta United, uh, which, again, um, you know, we, we don't know what that means for them in the long term in terms of this race, but uh, another character win by this team, honestly. I mean, both teams were really exhausted throughout this game. You could see it, especially in the midfield. You saw also go off early. Delgado definitely didn't have his best day. Um, he looked tired as well. The difference for me, I know Toronto FC played two games this week. The difference for me was the substitutions. When Greg brought on, Richie obviously was the big one, but DeLeon and uh, I thought Jaden as well, even Liam, like they provided a ton of energy off the bench. I love what Liam was doing almost in that Toe St. Ricketts role, mm-hmm. which is chasing guys, chasing those tired defenders. And, you know, um, obviously Richie was like directly in that goal itself. But I thought all of those guys, and particularly Jaden, played a role in, in Toronto FC being the stronger team there at the end. Uh, Mike, do you think that was Jaden's best performance in a red shirt? No. Oh wow! I thought, yeah, I actually thought he was better the the day before against Cincinnati. Hmm. Um, 
I thought he was a little bit more aggressive. Um, and I thought he was a little bit more willing just to be more dynamic because he is a game breaker and he's right. like Richard Larea, where I honestly think that he can, he can, he can turn, turn a game on its head with just one moment. Um, and I don't think we see it, saw him try enough of that against hmm. Atlanta United there. I saw it was one opportunity where he kind yeah. of took, yeah, took was- a few defenders on and then he took a big touch and lost the ball. Um, but personally, I, I think there's a lot more. It's just, there's just so much more this kid can do. And I think that, that, that uh well, well we will see it before the end of this year I, that's my prediction um another thing i did want to touch on mitch you, t- you touched on the substitutions there i actually thought atlanta united looked unreal in the second half mm-hmm. after they made those subs and they brought mm-hmm. on those two designated players like i thought they were they looked they looked dangerous they looked like a team i did not want to face it come yeah. playoff time New because... Almiron was everywhere. That new that what's his name? Moreno. He was, he was <laughs> everywhere. Like he is was it Barca? Off. Is that him? No, no, no. The other guy, the guy they replaced Petey with. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was everywhere. I mean, he was popping up on the left side of midfield, right side of midfield. He was he was defending. He was everywhere. And his first touch is so silky. What a dangerous player. Like, um, uh-huh. I mean, the two things. Si- Laurent Simon, say what you will. That man can pass. Holy crap! That man can pass. I oh, mean, yeah. there were there were a few cross oh, field yeah. uh, deliveries that were he was just spraying balls and they were landing mm-hmm. at you know on a dime. And the other thing is, I I got to throw out my bingo card because who the hell had Pablo Piatti scoring a goal with his head on their twenty twenty <laughs> bingo card? Uh, yeah, smallest, smallest guy on the field, I think mm-hmm. it was, who managed yeah. to get his head to that. And I think Greg Vanny said after the match that, and we've seen a bunch of videos of this. Is Pablo Piatti is a fantastic you know soccer. Tape, ping pong kind of tape uh, player mm-hmm. you guys have seen the game where you kind of headed across mm-hmm, instead of mm-hmm. using a paddle and whatnot and he said that was kind of like one of those goals where he kind of just like you know grazed it into the the corner directed it there mm-hmm. um what i want to talk about a little bit of piatti was his movement and just how much he's moving and how much ground he's actually covering because the biggest question mark with piatti obviously before the season was his knee and whether or not he'd be the same player if you if I told you that he would be the guy who covers the most ground on Toronto FC, would you have believed me at the beginning of the season? Heck no. He averages no. the third most distance cover per game in MLS, um, and that's coming off a, a knee injury, which is which is quite amazing. And you know, he, at times, do I wish he'd be a bit more gr- aggressive and have that little Javinko kind of swagger in him, where he can take defenders on one on one and you know go directly to goal? Yes, but. At the same time, he's linked up perfectly with Paws, and he's doing everything that is being asked of him. And he's mm-hmm. settled into his, this role as a t- true team player. And that's something also Vanius emphasizes, how unselfish Pablo Piatti is and how much of a great guy he is off the field. So he's he's completely bought in. He's sold. And, you know, he settled, it looks like. And it was great to see him get the goal because I think he's gone seven without a goal. And it's great to see, you know, everyone kind of get going as TFC uh you know near their most important stretch of the season here coming up i i actually think that tfc has evolved both culturally and system systematically away from the kind of team that would allow a geovinko to just have a free roll over everything i think that that it's been stressed that kind of team uh, uh, aesthetic in, in a certain way. That's not to say that, you know, on the field of play, if he's mm-hmm. got the opportunity, he's, he, you know, why not pull a Seba versus New York Red Bulls and make us all squeal for five <laughs> years. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I do think that, uh, that the, the, the general, uh, the general vibe of the team has moved away from, from expecting that. So, that, you know, that's a great point. I, I think yeah. that, 
that's a testament to kind of the player that and Alejandro Pozuelo is, who's by mm. far our, our closest thing to Sebastian Javinko. Obviously, completely mm-hmm. different players, mm-hmm. but that's just because Pozuelo does all the work with his mind. It, he does the work off the like you know he moves the ball really well. Where <laughs> Seba was amazing when he was on the ball. Mm-hmm. That was Seba's specialty, and mm. um, they're just completely different players. And I think you hit the nail on the head. There's not going to be another ego, I guess, on this team that you kind of they get the ball and they're going you know it, it's a team game now for Toronto yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, 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 they're the deepest team that you know 2017 is the 2017 was something else but I think this team is this closed in terms of depth I really do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I apologize because I don't remember who mentioned it on Twitter um, but a great point was made that you know they had to get this signing right because Michael Bradley took a huge pay cut for this this designated player signing and I think Bradley's got to be happy with what Toronto FC's had out of Pablo Piatti because you know like you guys have said the effort he puts in is is second to pretty much none on this team it's crazy I wonder yeah. if that stance has changed at all for Bradders, you know, from, you know, perhaps the moment they signed Piatti to to now, because mm-hmm. I know that stance has definitely changed in a lot of Toronto C fans' minds, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point as well. I, I did also like uh, you mentioning Laurel Simon because I thought as well he had a fantastic performance. And for me, I think there's such a massive difference when you start Simon versus when you bring him off the bench. Because Very when you come point. off the bench, he... You know, he just doesn't have the flow of the game. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's had some tough moments. Uh, and it was a couple of games back. He almost scored on his own net on a back pass. Uh, but I do think starting Laurent Simon, he's had, I think, three starts now. And I think he's looked very solid in, in all three of them. So I think, I, I think there is a massive difference toughest there. position to be substituted on. Without oh, question. For sure. For sure. Without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can come on. You can, you can, you can kind of hide as a winger. You can kind of... You know, settle in as a central midfielder with some support, but as a center back, you're you're exposed, and oh, everything right. yeah, that you yeah. do is magnified, right? So, um, that's a great point that you made there, Mitch. And uh, Simon obviously does excel when he's starting. I think Eric Zavaleta does as well. I'll go back to I'll, I'll go back to him as well. And um, this, t- I, what I want to do is I want to get forward and I want to talk about Saturday's match because. I know we don't have much time, but this match is, is shaping up to be an absolute doozy. And I, I touched on it. This is the most important stretch of the Toronto FC schedule. And it starts, you know, on Saturday versus the second place, Philadelphia Union. How are you guys feeling about, you know, TFC's chances heading into that game? Good. I feel yeah. good. It's, um, it's, in, it's such an interesting game because, you know, this should be a supporter's shield clash. And what's I'm not that? What's that, that. Yeah, exactly. None of that word on yeah. our show. Supporter, <laughs> what? Supposed? This should what? be a game that's massive in, in you know, the supporter's shield standings. But Stop it! <laughs> all, the, all of a sudden, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's just a little bit less excitement because we don't know what the end of the regular season award is. But these are, in my mind at the moment, MLS's two best teams going up against each other. Uh, Jeff, you have a point on this? Well, they've confirmed Aronson's move, all right? Yeah. So is he going to play at 100% now, or is he going to try to carry out the season and not maybe blow out his ACL? Uh, uh, you're a 23-year-old. You're, you're playing yeah. soccer. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're getting on the pitch. When the game starts, the whistle blows. Like You're telling me you're not going to go full sprint? If a ball is in front of me, you're not going to go sprint at that ball. You're going to think, oh, you know, I let me stop. Think I have a move coming up to Europe. Let me not go into this. Like, sure, I, sure. But then, I, I but then you get injured and your agent and your whole family look at you like you're the biggest yeah. ass. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously what is, not. Would his transfer go away if he's injured? What does what does transfer go away if he's injured? I don't know. Probably not. No. I don't yeah. think so. I, I actually. Yeah, I'm with Michael. Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you sign a player and then if they get injured in the space between them arriving, revoke the deal? I don't. It depends. Probably obviously depends how far along Mm -hmm. they are in the paperwork and whatnot. Yeah. Um, But to that that same point, like Aronson, he, I'm sure he loves Philly. I think his brothers there in the club as well. Like there, there's family ties to this club. It might be his last, you know, couple games for Philly. Don't you want to, you know, go out for that city and you know, do everything you can to, to leave on the high note and win the MLS Cup for that city. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a tough time, you know, finding that argument where he's going to go light, light uh, you know, won't, won't go as hard because he's already sold. I, 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 I don't know. These, these are kids. I, these are kids who love the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go, my point on this is just that I think it's actually a weight off his shoulders. I think he can play looser now knowing that he's secured this move and that, you know, all the speculation and everything that's been around him for the past couple of weeks is, is gone. He's, he's a, uh, you know, he's moving on. So I, I think that's what it is for me. Uh, I am far too neurotic to be a professional soccer player. <laughs> yeah. <Let me> just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have told you that. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can confirm that Jeff was way too angry to write the supporter shield article. when the news broke. <laughs> he, he told me that he couldn't because he would have been too angry and he's yeah. <laughs> when he's angry so so instead i wrote i wrote six essays on twitter and just like yeah collected <laughs> skulls that would yeah 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 but uh, uh you did mention injuries with with brendan aronson i think we should finish the show off with what's unfortunately become a segment on the show which is the michael michael singh injury update oh, michael let's, let's get a couple of updates here because we mentioned seymour he was in the lineup because chris mavinga was out what's the update on uh we'll go mavinga Sorio and Akinolux, I think those are the three most uh, pressing and interesting ones for TFC right now. <laughs> for sure. I hate how this is a segment. Can we trademark it, though? I like mm-hmm. I like the <laughs> yeah. injury update. Um, so, yeah, let's start with Mavinga and Akinola. I think KJ gave this update beforehand on Twitter that the, both of them had sort of minor strains that they were dealing with. Um, what I will say is that Greg Vanny, before last game, he alluded to the fact that his team did pick up a couple knocks but he did emphasize that they were nothing of significance, nothing of that would worry him, you know, of them being out of contention come playoff time. So I'll, we'll, I'll leave it at that for the Chris Maving and Iowa and Noel injuries. We'll get, we'll get further updates. Obviously as we speak to the TFC brass later this week. Um, mm-hmm. as, as far as Ozo goes, it sounds like Ozo was kind of, he had something lingering in that match and Greg Vanny was aware of it. I think he gave, Ozo gave Greg Vanny a look perhaps 10 minutes uh, before he was subbed off and he was trying to tell Greg Vanny he can't really sprint and mm-hmm. uh, obviously 10 minutes later he does come off and Greg Vanny did say after the match that he does hope it is precautionary um, just based off what Ozo was telling him and whatnot and I don't want to speculate too much but just from the sounds of the way Greg Vanny is describing it, it sounds like a little bit of a hip flexor injury um, so you never know with those if, if you get in front of those things before obviously anything serious happens you, you'll be fine a couple of days rest some ice some you know some physio work will be okay but if if that thing did strain and he did pull it you're looking at a couple of weeks there he's sidelined so um hopefully better better than worse uh, for ozo there but it does sound like everything that tfc is dealing with right now aside from josie altador is, is minor yeah, I think the I think the week off couldn't have come at a better time for Toronto FC. Certainly, in terms of you know how tired they were and and some of these minor knocks they've picked up, and also you know the preparation it gives them for 
this game against the Philadelphia Union, which, as we've mentioned, is is massive regardless of what its implications are. But that does bring us to the end of another great edition of Waking the Red mm-hmm. Weekly presented by Footy Talks. Thursday. Big thank you. Thursday. <laughs> All that, too. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, do you want to preview us for uh, Forge against... Uh... We'll fight and we'll win! All right, thank you, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> a big thank well, you, you, don't know, well. you, you don't you don't get the reference. It's the Seattle Sounders super fan, the meme. No, he doesn't get the reference. Jeff, you are the most involved person in MLS Twitter that I know <laughs> by far. There's no way anyone else is coming up with that off the top of their head. There's oh no. Oh my way. god, we're gonna do a poll. We're gonna do a poll <laughs> All right. because I guarantee you that like at least five people got it instantly. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It wasn't these two. If any you know, of you are still listening right now, comment if you got that. I want to hear those, it. You know who those five people were? They're all sitting in a boardroom together deciding to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's we a good have, day. We have as we started. Full, full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Thank you again to Brendan Dunlop, though. Thank you to Martin Bailey for stopping by, dropping some truth on people. George got the comment. So of course, immediately. That's of course, so that, doesn't that doesn't even count. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, thanks to Kevin and Sophia for homestand. Uh, Michael, especially Jeff, the, the intro looks great. We'll be continuing to work on that. But um, yeah, that's all Jeff listening. on the graphics, guys. That's all yeah, Jeff on the graphics. Absolutely. Just yeah, wait I'll until you, that, that was 1.0. Just wait until you see where it's going. It's going to be all Yeah, yeah. Excited for that. Um, thanks for listening, watching, interacting. We, we've been loving the comments coming in. Um, there's, you know, there's been some language in some of those. We can't put them up on the screen, but we do see them and appreciate the sentiment. Uh, but until <laughs> next Tuesday, everyone, have a great week. See you guys. Cheers.